0: Taking Command is a story of how God, through a few questing and engrailed master masons operating in America, gave the world the gift of spiritual freedom. Thirty-eight, 8 p.m. Boston, Vassal House, George Washington's 4th Council of War is in progress. His staff and generals are seated at a big table in discussion. Washington says, I still say we seize Dorchester Heights now. His generals cannot believe what they are hearing. And position Knox cannon up there and finalize this war. Reed speaks up. Washington, I advise no general action at this time. If we hazard it, Howe will go at us with his entire force. In my mind, we should be defensive only, tiring them into thinking that their work here will never be done, and setting their ministry wondering about the depletion of England's treasure and their inability to secure enough foreign conscripts to fill their replacement ranks. Other options, Washington says? What say you, green? There are no other options right now, General. My counsel is with Reeds. It would be reckless to wage an all-out assault on a position so heavily guarded with a multiplicity of batteries. Heath, Washington says. The outcome, General, is uncertain at this time. Our best strategy with a superior force is to ambush and then fade away, General. They want us to press the issue. Don't give them what they want. Thank you, gentlemen. Perhaps the situation calls for more weighted prudence. As always, your good sense helps me govern in all matters, not particularly pointed out. Dismissed. All walk to the door, showing deference to Washington with quick nods as they say General and walk by. Reed is now alone with Washington and he closes the door. Washington is showing frustration. Reed, I want this business done with. I am so glad you came back from your leave sooner than expected. Washington relaxes in his chair, turning toward Reed and showing some weakness. Anything general. It is absolutely necessary for me to have people around me who can think for me as well as execute orders. Yes, sir, Reed says, I understand. To speak plainly, sir? The position that has fallen upon you would overwhelm most men. You have been out of military service for over 15 years and then the sudden death of Warren. It was fate. You are the only man, Washington, who can take over this command. I know you would rather be with the Lord as you minister to your beloved Mount Vernon. Thank you, Reed, how well you know and understand me. I am eternally grateful for your help and find comfort in our conversation. You must know at times I see the impossibility of serving and keeping my reputation, and Reed reads him. But sir, if you quit the command, inevitable ruin would fall upon America from the distraction that would follow. You are our backbone. You operate from your depth and find the brightest light in all of us you are the only person i know with god's conscience to see his cause through in an entirely honorable way until the end i am with you general thank you reed thank you what think you about another fellowship for liberty meeting lodge tonight not too late good idea general the mirroring fellowship feel will help out 10 p.m then Yes, Washington says, Diverse men don't hold the line on the battlefield unless they feel our shared divinity and perceive the fellowship of souls as their cornerstone. Great truth in that, Master Mason. 10 p.m.? Washington has renewed his vigor and nods to Reed, a continuing nod as he goes inward, pondering what he will say to the men. Scene 39 9.45 p.m. Full moon and bands of fog blowing through. Washington's troops are gathered around small campfires. Master Mason officers ride separately past groups carrying firebrands saying, It's time! Fellowship for Liberty! Lodge meeting tonight! General Washington requests your presence. The camera has a wide angle and then close-ups. We see some men rise up from their group fires and others stay behind. Then stragglers come along and men disappear into the fog as they go. We see Colonel Glover approaching his Marblehead men. Any of you boys interested in a secret fellowship meeting tonight with the General? Christian jumps up. Mason meeting! Hell, I mean, heaven, yes! Excuse me, Master Mason Glover! I'm there! None needed, Christian. Finn says, what's so secret about it? Didn't go last time and you guys came back the same. The colonel says, you missed it. Didn't feel it, Finn. What kind of dory man are you? Gotta find your secret center, Finn, and your keep. My keep? Your depths, Finn, where God lights your lantern. I guess you ain't as good, as intuitive a brother as Christian is. No, don't believe that. Do you, Colonel, Finn says. Glover shrugs and Finn looks sheepish. Turner says, Colonel, I don't have anything else going on The Mrs. being away and all. And I am, shall we say, a lapsed mason. Turner stands and the others laugh. Maybe I'll try it on for size once again. Had to go last time because I was fighting. Glover nods and laughs as he starts to ride. See all you boys there. Hurry up. Turner says. You guys coming? Stephen, Turner, man, I don't really believe in any of that. But hey, if the general is hosting and after the way he handled you and that backwoodsman at the brawl, then maybe I will learn his technique there. Stephen stands. Come on, you guys, Turner says. Sean, what about it? Don't you get it? It's like fishing the banks. How so, Sean says. We do it like monks. The religious feeling starts to come on, the one that makes us powerful and strong and savvy. It's like a mason meeting, and we get extra common sense and extra second sense, like the general and Glover. And the general's leading it, Finn says, and then I whip your ass every time. Exactly, Turner says, then feel, guide your boat, and you ain't doing a thing. Turner, you're making sense, Sean said. You're remembering your Masonic way. Enough talk, Christian says. Talk makes you lose the feel. Why didn't the colonel say it like Turner, Finn says. Christian says, Turner's daddy was a minister. That's right. He had the word, Turner said. The rest of them and Finn have gotten up and they dash off together yelling and laughing the word the word his daddy had the word scene forty men hurrying through the fog some with lit firebrands appearing and disappearing on their way to the mason meeting at the old mill about two hundred men come to a table-lit open space They form an oblong circle around a big campfire. Master Mason officers and Washington spread out around the circle to propagate their mirroring presence. We see the Marblehead men come in and separate to find spots. Stark, Prescott, Pete, Jeremy, Tom, McClary are also there. Washington will soon begin from his position on the circle. During Washington's talk, some of the Marblehead men and others above will glance at each other with, I get this, I know this feeling, and you said that. Washington begins, gentlemen, thank you for joining our fellowship. All are equal here. No saluting. The only differences are in levels of knowing and perceiving, those who feel it and those who don't. It's as simple and as complicated as that. Those of us who feel it know instantly who also receives it, and that is gospel. Some of you may have heard of secret Masonic signs. Those are not necessary when a simple nod to another imbued with God's feel suffices. You either know what I mean or you don't. Simply showing up tonight means that you have some affinity with it already. As newcomers, you might think, how will this help me? Knowing God's feel may save you in battle. When you discover God's feel within yourself, feel aims your gun. Feel guides your sword. Feel informs your next move. And feel guides your craft, Dorymen. The Dorymen love it. Fellowship meetings enable you to bring to awareness a sense and a feel. A feel that can be explained as spreading divine proportion, God. Remember, God, our source, is spirit. And the only way to know spirit is through feel. For the feel tells us that we are rooted in the way, in the weight of the vertical alignment of Christ. Feel is our common sense our one in common sense our source if you will look and feel around you master masons are here amongst us to quicken and to magnify your spirit brought into relation with theirs by mirroring all that they feel within and without this is the one sense the feel that flocks of birds use in the air to flow this way or that without hitting each other, and that schools of fish use, and that warriors use in the dark to feel where they are in relation to each other as they anticipate what comes next. When they are of the field, they are of the source. Each man has to find the way, and because of it, to be of the source so liberate yourself through silent prayer and find the christ within to fight the good fight for america's sacred cause of freedom let us pray all bow their heads our fatherhood at the center of our being deeper than any stone can plummet in the ocean our sacred midst within ourselves the point from which we cannot err the source We find within at X marks the spot. Washington crosses his arms at his wrist, at the center of his chest, where we go in consciousness and close the door to keep the things of the world out while we contemplate you, our Christ, our God, in feel. Please allow all of us to ever know your unsurpassable love that flows from in and within our one self and in the awful hour of disappearing light when vision fails and thought has no more strength be with us still and so through light and darkness raise us great master till we are made one with thee in the unspeakable glory of thy presence in the east amen amen all the men say gentlemen please remember If at any time a master mason gives you the nod, you will know that he feels God within you, for you have reached your cornerstone and are mirroring spirit for all to partake of, the food within, shall we say, and loving your neighbor as yourself. Then are you an open vessel for God's hidden splendor to come through, and if the aperture is wide enough, God will take command of our human scene. It's all up to us to do our part and provide the opening for God's new Jerusalem to manifest. Now, Master Masons, which one of you will give our fellowship an example of what I mean when I speak of feeling God's presence here on earth? Stark says, I will, sir. Ah, John, please. It happened on Breed Hill. I was with Pete and Jackson here. Stark nods over to them and they nod back. We were mowing down the British as they approached our rail fence. Never saw a sharper action. Then there was only one Brit left with an eight-pointed Masonic star on his uniform yeah he was that close and i was about to raise my rifle when something an impulse from within me stayed my hand then i felt in the middle of battle a sense of peace come over me from my masonry and prayer i knew this feeling to be our source providential god i call the ceasefire had to back down your gun didn't i pete start looks over at pete as we see that pass action on the screen and pete agreeing with him and the strangest thing was washington that no one on either side raised their guns for a minute or more no longer god had stayed all of their actions and it was as though god alone was in play And now it comes to me that the British officer felt God too and curiously he was not looking at us right in front of him but he was turned to the redoubt where you were, Prescott. Stark has a moment in silence with Prescott who has started a-wondering as the camera draws in on him and we see his eyes turn inward. Stark continues... And Joseph Warren, God rest his soul, yes, that British officer suddenly knew something, felt something more than himself as he stood there with his front line all dead around him. He felt God's presence. I swear it. We all did. All of Stark's boys are nodding in contemplation of the event. And then, after a while, another British officer fearlessly approached us to retrieve his commanding officer, who was still standing there in a kind of bliss. After a brief conversation, they walked back down the hill, and no one raised their rifles. No one. No one. Amazing. I see more into this now. God did this. We all were of the rosy cross and second sight. Stark looks stunned from all that he has remembered and spoken. All those involved that day are nodding and remembering. Jackson heads over to Stark. Stark, I wanted to tell you that twice I had my sights on that tall officer with the star. Jackson grows quiet in the memory of it and shakes it visibly away. Yes, Jackson, Stark says. And then, each time, a strange notion came over me, a kind of conscious thing telling me, no, don't shoot. I didn't hear it, but I got the message. God was speaking. I remember that so clearly. Who was that officer? And, and why not Warren? Stark shrugs his shoulders in thought. Not part of the design. Others on the circle are looking around, including Washington, who looks over at Reed, who feels that weighted glance and turns. What passed between them in a look was, could this be? Washington walks over to John Stark and speaks to him with a measured voice. Thank you, John. That was an excellent example, and I'm sure we will ponder its meaning for days to come. Gentlemen, contemplate both what you heard and felt here. Good night. Good night, Stark says, getting the drift of Washington. Good night, everyone else says. The entire group stands there a moment or two, not wanting to leave slowly slowly they move off and whispering begins amazing What did you hear that we see prescott beeline over to washington and reed who have come together he speaks with a low voice and we see in flashback some of what prescott says next gentlemen a word i know what stark is talking about because in the redoubt I noticed Warren doing the strangest thing while we were under fire. I saw him turn in the direction of the rail fence for what seemed to be no reason. Bullets were flying from dead ahead of us and Joseph just standing there as though nothing was happening. Warren, I yelled. Then I got back to fighting, but right then, yes... Yes, I remember. I knew that Joseph was all right. Weird. Not something for the group, the new attendees. Reed catches Washington's eye in secret as Prescott is lost in remembering through feel the way Stark was. All right then, Washington says. Thank you, Prescott. I believe our second meeting was a success. Good night, Prescott. Good night, General. Prescott only partially there as he wanders away in thought. Washington and Reed want to have a private moment, but men are all around them now. Stephen says, hey, Turner man, what a meaning. Thanks for getting all of us to go. Sean, yeah, man. Wow. I learned a lot tonight. Such honesty. I guess all of that really happened. As they walk by Reed in Washington, Sean receives a nod from Reed. He quick nods him back. Guys, Sean says, we already know the nod, just like those masters. Yeah, we do, Stephen says. That's what makes us Marblehead men. That's it. The nod commends ourselves with spirit that master mason feels instantly which one of us has it sean says christian you know he feels it better who was that turner said washington has joined them that was reed boys joseph reed none better wow good evening sir general very good turner you commend yourselves to us with spiritual feel and we nod in mirroring sameness That's true friendship, men. The Liberty Field, General Turner says. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Good night, men. Thank you for your zeal. Washington nods. Please join us again. The Marblehead men leave now utterly joyous and joshing with each other in fellowship. Washington and Reed are alone. General Reed said, that was General Howe Stark was talking about. Like me, Washington said, you had not heard of this before? No. And then when Prescott said Warren and Howe were in spiritual communion, sounds and feels like it, Reed. Only Warren could have been part of that, and maybe Franklin at X, where the division between this realm and the next is less so. Had Warren lived, Washington collects himself. This information has been forgotten until now. Our Fellowship General opened the door. What to make of this, and why now? I knew we were to have this meeting tonight, Reed. Seems all the parts were together. This is God's doing. Our cause is in the right and will happen somehow. What must Howe be thinking? How will he act in light of this? Pun intended, Reed says. They smile. Between us for now... Yes, Reed, Washington should be returning. Say nothing, even to our other officers. If Howe is in play for America, mums the word. Yes, General. Scene 41, summer, British headquarters. General Howe, Patterson, Lord Cornwallis and staff. General Clinton has arrived late. Good of you to make it, Clinton how says clinton how long have you been in the king's army 25 years sir good i respect your experience and your ability to make the right choices so i'm sending you and your two thousand men clinton down to south carolina to gain possession of the rebels fort sullivan this will be an easy victory for you clinton you will face general lee in battle Lord Cornwallis will accompany you on this mission. Remember, finish the job well, Clinton. Clinton has been blindsided. General, give me leave to say, Howe nods, I can better serve His Majesty's cause by suggesting strategy to gain Dorchester Heights before the enemy seizes the advantage. Howe keeps powerful eye contact with Clinton and we feel clinton caving in general clinton that consideration is subordinate to this pressing one your mission is vital leave at once and put fort sullivan under contribution your ability as a strategist and a map reader will enable you to easily outfox our one-time general turned traitor Lee and gain the crown, that important stronghold and its surrounding territory. We see Patterson and others trying to hold back their laughter as Clinton turns red and looks through Hal's staff in search of an ally. General, Clinton says. Hal cuts him off with tone Clinton Ready your force and be on your way in three days. All will be in readiness soon for departure, General. Howe waves over Lieutenant. please supply General Clinton with the new maps of South Carolina from the latest dispatch. Yes, sir. Howe says, I trust you will finish the job well. Safe journey then. Clinton snaps to attention and salutes. We will get the job done, General. They leave, and House signifies to his staff he wishes to be alone. Will you stay a moment, Patterson? Pause as the room empties. That should keep Clinton busy for the foreseeable future. What is the entertainment for tonight? Cards at Benjamin Hollowell's, sir. Ah, supper, cards, and Elizabeth. In that order, Patterson says, quite. And make sure Cornwallis comes. Scene 42, warm summer night, Hollowell's mansion. We see Elizabeth walking into the drawing room with swift resolve and light step with her two friends, Katie and Ella. They walk up to the hosts with merry greetings and briefly catch up on the gossip. Through the open doors, we see a number of card tables in play and other invitees mingling and drinking. The room is exciting with the possibility of winning and losing. General Howe is at a table with seven of his officers. His lieutenant calls the game, poker, five-card draw, and shuffles, but... Before he starts to deal, his attention and some of the others is diverted by the lit and mirroring presence of the new arrivals. How, knowing she is there without turning to confirm, looks at his officers seated around the table with slightly raised eyebrows of who is giving up their seat. They immediately know his intentions, as the lowest-ranked dealing lieutenant rises from his seat across from Hal, and then Hal energetically elaborates on his scheme as he looks with intention at Lord Cornwallis seated next to him. Cornwallis shrugs with, OK, for your Elizabeth, general, and moves to the lieutenant's empty chair. As Cornwallis sits, Hal looks at him again with a smile and extends his open hand. Cornwallis lightly smiles with, is there anything else, and hands Hal the deck. The three ladies have entered and are moving through the tables, greeting friends and looking for a vacant seat. As Elizabeth approaches Hal's table, he rises. And as he senses her pure being, he is momentarily seized by a joyous sense of renewal that he finds impossible to control. Good evening, Elizabeth, he says with heightened delight and then tones it down with a measured bow. Good evening, General. Elizabeth curtsies and blushes. Allow me, Howes says. He pulls out the vacant chair next to him. Thank you, General she sits and lets him position her chair at the table please call me William as Patterson does sometimes I believe you two are acquainted Patterson rises and bows she smiles and bows her head good evening Elizabeth Yes, Lord Cornwallis, Hal says, who rises and bows. The pleasure is entirely mine, Elizabeth. I believe you told Colonel Patterson that you play cards, or was it at cards? Cornwallis looks at Hal with, We're even. We will soon see, Elizabeth says. The men like her confidence. Hal chuckles and looks at Cornwallis with a she one up you smile. Elizabeth, serendipity is in play Hal says as he hands her the deck i see that the cards await your deal they have been shuffled elizabeth looks and tries to read the table with a smile to mask why that might be Hal continues but you may shuffle again and i believe the game is poker five card draw correct gentlemen elizabeth is at ease at the prospect of playing cards yes, I am delighted. She handles the cards with assurance and shuffles deftly as she looks over at Ella and Katie, who have found seats at the next table and are watching. They all smile brilliantly and mischievously as she says, my friends and I have recently tried, she then fans the cards from one hand to the other katie and ella smile with delight at her bravery the officers cannot believe it and nod approvingly to each other how laughs at cornwallis with "Uh (laughs) uh-oh she deals the cards and then everyone takes new cards how three patterson four and so forth everyone but elizabeth percy now with added aristocratic intonation and elegance Elizabeth, my dear, you know you can throw away your bad cards. How takes note of Percy's intention. Balfour says, catch up, Percy. Cannot you tell what she knows? Of course he does, Balfour, Patterson interjects. Percy was just being a gentleman with personal wishes. Patterson catches How's eye, which Percy misses, but he is onto it as he covers with the next. Breeding and hereditary, Balfour. Thank you, Lord Percy, Elizabeth says. As William does, so will I, says Percy. Please call me Hugh, Elizabeth. What's this? Flaming the faggots, Hugh? The game, Hal says. All laugh as Percy throws in five tens. Howe doubles it. Elizabeth matches it. The others fold, and Patterson is seeing, thinking it over then he folds. Patterson, Hal says, folding to a lady too? Patterson shrugs. Percy folds. Hal grins at Percy. You too, Percy, or is it still Hugh? Laughter is heard. We catch Hal thinking she is bluffing me, and then, while smugly laughing inside, he lays down his cards with a general's presence. Full house, aces over eights elizabeth they share a look and he says with a voice one might use when speaking to a child what do you have there elizabeth two pairs elizabeth with a small smile puts down her cards and we see two sevens and a three Howe with a manly grin reaches for the pile while keeping his eye on Elizabeth as she moves aside with her little finger the three card that hides the other two and says very innocently two pairs of sevens (laughs) and then she waits for his response before she bursts into a delightful giggle shared by Katie and Ella. Howe cannot believe it no he says as he slowly withdraws his arm and then nods to her well done his officers at the table are displaying their delight as are all the other officers in the room who at one time or another have lost their shirts to the general victor or vanquished william patterson says doubly so Hal replies Cornwallis says, perhaps I should stay and you should go with Clinton, General. Elizabeth might ruin you. Her presence seems to interfere with your perfect read. Howe smiles mischievously at Cornwallis. Likewise, Cornwallis, we would not want to ruin your history of faultless fidelity on my account. I fear none of us are safe with her, at the table or anywhere else. I assure you, gentlemen, one is safe with me, Elizabeth replies. What fun, General! You must delay the war forever and keep your men ever ready for play. War seems a safer bet than at the mercy of Elizabeth's love of sport, Patterson says. It's why we play, Patterson. Gentlemen, in lieu of another round, a cordial, shall we, Elizabeth? They all get up. Hal helps Elizabeth with her chair and they move to the refreshments. Elizabeth? Yes. Champagne. No. Mm, Yes. Hal makes her selection and receives the waiting sherry for himself. They walk out onto the large veranda. She takes a sip and puts it down. You seem to love your cards, but not your drink. I do, General. William, for it is where one finds a great deal of the unexpected, and the drink? Not so much, Elizabeth says. It dulls the senses. Do you not think so? How nods and looks down at his drink. Elizabeth says, I love to feel what is happening and play my intuition and perhaps then risk what might seem all. It comes to me that a general must sometimes do the same on the field of battle. Hal was not expecting this exchange. He is moved and admires her all the more. True, we officers must wisely wield No, rather, submit and attune to consciousness on the battlefield, lest we lose the lucky moment. Silence. At first, Elizabeth and then Hal look up at the star-studded sky. Both feel and become it. After a moment or so, they speak, their souls bedded in it. In the beginning, Elizabeth says, was the word. Hal replies. Elizabeth shows amazement but is still looking up. My favorite. And mine Hal says perfection. She turns her head toward him slowly and meets his gaze. Elizabeth feels the weight of him to be overwhelming and looks away and then up. As profoundly attuned as a saint and you play cards. Elizabeth, without turning to him because she has been drawn inward again. And you as well, General. God, however, is poetry. We watch as her stance softens, as their spirits merge in divine proportion, and her left knee slowly turns into the other one, as she leans a bit to the right in manifestation of spirit she breathes in the sky with a romantic smile their hands are inches apart on the balustrade and Hal reaches out in the purest manner to touch her hand but on second thought slowly withdraws she knows his intention and the lightest smile phases over her face as her teeth lightly press her bottom lip then fade and a moment of pure spiritual ecstasy mirrors in fullness through them how says i must admit elizabeth i have never felt this way she feels the truth in his words how continues perhaps i should not have silence and then she speaks slowly from that place on the contrary Such a moment is wondrous when God is felt so. The immensity of what has been created brims her eyes with tears she is careful to control, but not before one flows down her cheek. He knows, for the same feeling fills him. Elizabeth, looking straight ahead, recovers herself with will and grows taller. We should return, she says. So soon? Hal says. How's Next intentionally keeps her there, but then he loses both himself and control as he remembers the moment. I felt this way, Elizabeth, once in battle. She looks at him wondering. Was not expected to be standing there. He pauses as he remembers, and no one shooting at me and feeling in this. Our way. Bliss, Elizabeth says. How not? What did it mean? Elizabeth asks. How shaking his head slowly and thinking. I am still wondering. Elizabeth nods, smiling. She feels all from him and takes on what she showed before. God. That was God, William, without difference. How shows, how do you know that? With his hand movement that comes near to his mouth as his head turns toward her. He is filled with surging serendipity as he continues to look at her in amazement as she does at him. Yes, thank you, he says. Her eyes rest on him. Tomorrow is Sunday, Elizabeth says. I will give thanks. Hal smiles wonderingly at her. Voices and footsteps are heard. Cornwallis, Patterson, and Gray. Where are they, Cornwallis said. They must have Patterson in tones. They are noticed. The officers are embarrassed and try to leave. Gentlemen, we were just, how says. He looks at Elizabeth with raised eyebrows. She plays along. Taking in the stars, Elizabeth says. She recovers somewhat from where they were as she walks toward the newcomers. Which one of you will I vanquish this time? She puts forth bravely to Patterson, who instantly knows and is in on it through weight and feel as are the others cornwallis steps forward and saves her may i offer you my arm lady elizabeth you may thank you lord cornwallis over his shoulder cornwallis receives a nod from Hal, and then for elizabeth's benefit hurry up there gentlemen the game cornwallis says be right with you patterson adds they all leave except Patterson and Howe. General, might I say he notices Howe's unusual state and does not chuckle as he thinks what's the matter with him? William, you you seem not yourself. You can't be. Are you in love? Howe does not hear him as he watches her. Last time you were like this on the hill. How comes to, shall we, Patterson? Tomorrow is Sunday. Patterson does a double take of how as they walk back inside.